Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In this episode of Law Talks, Ellie and Katie interview volunteers on the Legal Empowerment Brigade, who have volunteered with the non-profit Global Brigades to travel to Athens and work with lawyers and other volunteers to fundraise and spread awareness of the refugee situation in the legal context in Greece. This episode starts with an interview with Alexandra, who is the Brigade Coordinator in Greece. Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today. Uh, could you start by introducing yourself? Yes, hi. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Alexandra and I'm a coordinator with uh, Global Brigades uh, here in Greece. I've been working with Global Brigades since December and I'm basically a liaison between Global Brigades and the volunteers. Thank you very much. To start us off, please could you briefly touch on the refugee situation in Greece? Well, in, it started in 2014 and there was a big wave of the refugees that the influx picked in uh, 2015. Uh, it was uh, mainly uh, refugees from Syria at the time because of the war in Syria. It considered the highest of uh, refugees in Europe since the Second World War. And um, Greece is in the middle of the three continents of Europe, Asia and Africa. And it's the access country to the European Union. So refugees that want to enter the European Union, which is considered a, a safe continent, access through Greece and other countries. So could you give us a little bit of context about what life looks like for a refugee in Greece? And on kind of another point, what it's like to be an unaccompanied minor? Mm -hmm. So depends on where the refugee comes from, basically. The refugees that come, that don't come from, that arrive uh, through sea uh, or land border close to Turkey, uh, have to face difficult situations because um, they don't have access to healthcare, they don't speak the language, there's a lack of employment opportunities, uh, there's a lot of uh, xenophobia and racism in the country, 
and there's they're living in limbo that they can't plan they can't plan their lives and um, there's there's not a lot of support from the state or the European Union uh, specifically for minors a minor uh, a refugee and accompanied minor is someone who is um, who is under age and they don't have they're traveling alone and they don't have a legal guardian or their parents to take care of them. So the state takes over and becomes their guardian, basically. Um, and what's the demographic of these unaccompanied minors? Well, 90% of them are boys. Um, and they come from mainly from Syria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia, Iran, Congo. Um, yes. And quite a big question to finish us off, but could you tell us a little bit about what their key challenges are that they face? Um, because they do this trip alone, or they, they, they started with their families but ended up alone, they, they have been through enormous trauma, and they have been prosecuted, they, some of them are abused, they, some of them have lost their family, they are away from home. The immigration and asylum process is very confusing and, and very lengthy. And sometimes they get re-traumatized for having to repeat their stories to, to each authority and kind of get the validation that they are indeed in danger back home. There are disputes over AIDS. Sometimes they have to go through uh, medical tests to prove that they're under AIDS, which can be both humiliating and traumatizing. Uh, there are mental health problems, there's social isolation, discrimination, racism. They don't know where they will end up. They don't know if they will stay in Greece, if they will be able to move further into Europe. They don't have all those services that we are, all of us privileged are used to have, like access to education, healthcare, lack of accommodation and support. And they don't have a lot of uh, employment opportunities later in their future because there's not a good integration support. Thank you very much. Both Katie and I have volunteered with Go Brigades and in September 2023, we both volunteered on a legal empowerment brigade to Greece. The next recording you're going to hear is a audio clip I took just after arriving back from Greece where I described the role of chapter leader and the responsibilities that I undertook in this role. The role of chapter leader is essentially like a large part of your job and the work you need to do is before the brigade so it starts off with getting people signed up so getting people interested making sure they know it's an opportunity at the university that you're um, advertising at so that usually starts obviously like the very beginning of the year sending out like emails setting up social media going to like a freshers fair and setting up a stool if that's possible for me it was a little bit different because um last year at a new university um so it took me kind of longer to set up and also it was a little bit different in the normal chapter leader as there was no global brigade society at oxford so i was kind of starting from scratch Whereas I think most chapter leaders, or at least kind of, I suppose, like the plan for chapter leaders is that they'd be taking over from like a prior leader. Um, 
And yeah, so chapter leader means that you're like specifically focused on a particular brigade and technically universities can run lots of brigades in one year. So like my focus was the Greece Legal Empowerment Brigade. And yeah, so what you're given as soon as you're kind of officially the chapter leader, Global Brigades gives you like a series of deadlines and dates so you can kind of plan your year to to that kind of schedule so I knew when I needed to get the volunteers signed up by on the Global Brigades website I know when I needed to get their like first initial it's just like a hundred pound donation goal just to like confirm that they're signed up and then uh, there's like a series of different schedules just to, like make sure that you're on track uh, to actually run the brigade so for example there was a date when flights needed to be sorted and everyone had to have like signed their forms and then there was a date for financial final donation goal which was very near the end of the year to give people kind of the maximum amount of time so I'd say that's the kind of official role of the chapter leader but I think it's also a lot more uh, you need to kind of keep people engaged because a lot of the time it's like a very long it's a very long timeline that people are working towards a really important like empowering opportunity but a lot of the kind of like 12 months sometimes before it's not like they get to experience it until the very very end so like keeping people involved giving people lots of information helping fundraise is such a large part of it because when you're looking at a fundraising goal of sort of over a thousand pounds it's quite like a daunting task so keeping more up and also just like suggesting lots of different fundraisers so I think being chapter leader, a massive thing that helped me was that I had like previously been part of a global brigades student society at a different university, so at the University of Birmingham. So I did have experience and I also had experience being a committee member. So like I'd had a slight leadership role. And then chapter leader were actually on the brigade. So this role you're kind of more there to be like a helping hand. So kind of like the first point of contact if someone needs to. You do have a member from Global Brigade who actually like is with you the whole time and runs the brigade uh, and kind of like make sure everyone's where they should be. But chapter leader will just be that kind of like helping facilitate and yeah, and making sure everyone's settled. So for example, kind of when we were flying, there was lots of issues with the flight delays. It hit the same time as like all the air traffic control issues. So like reaching out, people would reach out to me and I would keep Go Brigades informed of any flight issues and making sure everyone's like on track to the airport and also just helping with those general questions. That's why chapter leaders, like if you can be someone that's gone on a brigade before, that's really like helpful because, you know, just even helpful things like clothing and what to expect. Uh, it's good to have that kind of advice. So yeah, so that's kind of the role of chapter leader and my aim is to be chapter leader again next year and also to take on the role of campus chairman, which I'll just talk a little bit about and it's a bit different because campus chairman is, it's more kind of a role based at the university and it's overlooking all of the brigades at the university. Mine, probably this coming year, will still only be one brigade, but for example, Global Brigades does do like medical, it does like public health um so yeah so there's kind of all these different things that we can do so I'd previously been involved in like medical chapters of Global Brigades which does make sense because I was doing a biomedical degree uh, and I did some like kind of medical research on those chapters so it was a really really fantastic experience but as those of you who follow the podcast I knew when I was studying biomed that I wanted to transition to law and with the aim of eventually becoming a lawyer so when Global Brigades kind of 
discussed or talked about their legal uh, chapters, I was really, really interested. And then I became kind of particularly interested after I went to, well, virtually I went to this Global Brigades conference when I was at Birmingham. And they talked a lot about Greece and kind of the work they're doing there, which is, I would say like slightly different to other Global Brigades. So for example, like Honduras and Ghana, because Greece legally was very focused on, it's focused on refugees compared to sort of like family law issues from like Honduras. So I was really, really interested in that. I'm interested in being a human rights lawyer. And I actually felt that the kind of legal and refugee context was something that I probably had quite a lot of lacking knowledge in, but I knew kind of, I suppose, just like socially and politically, it was something I was very interested in. So I I actually received an email from Global Brigades talking about how they were trying to set up legal empowerment chapters in Greece. So I sort of like reached out for more information on this and once I received the information kind of the work we've been doing I wanted to yeah set it up at Oxford so that was kind of like the brainstorming idea and yeah finally what was my favorite or my most like eye-opening moment of the week I think it's really hard to pick there was the week was really intense it kind of flew by and there were so many I think moments that I remember forever and definitely as a visit to the unaccompanied minors a shelter was such a kind of such a moment where you can really sort of like feel the impact um of like what global brigades is trying to do and the importance of their work but I have a feeling a lot of people will talk about that because it was so memorable but so I also thought personally actually speaking and hearing to and hearing from the director of the Greek Council for Refugees was something I'll just remember because forever I think because it was such a great like I mean he spoke so well and it was so engaging and he talked kind of about the whole the whole sort of different issues so the refugee context and then like political problems with refugees and then also the issues that lawyers face lawyers that are trying to like stand up for refugee rights and yeah, I think I just kind of, I went in to the brigade wanting to know more. And I feel like from that talk, I learned so much. And yeah, I think he just really like stuck out to me on, on that week. So yeah, I think that's probably my most eye-opening moment of the week. But yeah, I would really implore anyone to get involved with the brigades. It's a student-led charity and it's, yeah, really fantastic. This next clip is of Lily Cotton, who was also the chapter leader while we were out in Global Brigades volunteering in Greece. And she was the chapter leader of the Nottingham Trent branch of our brigade. And she shares her interesting insights into being chapter leader. What does it mean to be a chapter lead? Obviously, leadership is quite literally in the name, becoming a chapter lead. But I think at NTU particularly, it was completely from scratch. They hadn't had been a global brigade here at all so it was something that nobody had heard of and because I didn't know much on it myself it took a lot of like researching on the backgrounds of it and where our fundraising money would go etc so there was a lot to do in that respect and then getting this across to a range of different people because we'd be speaking to say the dean of the law school to try and have like their help with encouraging it and therefore I'm persuading them that it's a good thing. And then when I'm trying to network across the students, I'm trying to engage them and make it seem like an exciting thing for them. And there was different approaches as to why we started it. So 
obviously a huge, huge thing is the, the human rights that we were learning about and the fact that we'd be making a difference, but also building our legal work experience. And obviously we had to use that as quite a selling point as well. So there was a multitude of things that I had to get across and in different ways to different personalities and temperaments. And I think making other people as excited for something as you are and really trying to engage them takes a whole other type of communication skills. And organisation is obviously a huge key thing. I think as Ellie knows, it. I think she done it pretty much from scratch with the Legal Empowerment Programme as well when it took a lot to get everyone together, especially when we... Well, I particularly didn't know much about the programme myself from the start, so it took a lot to organise all of these students together and everyone needed to have the same end goal and obviously some people weren't as keen for it as others were and so it was trying to find this middle ground and it took a lot of behind-the-scenes work that I think not many people realise but I think it built on my confidence more than anything because there was times where I'd have to a lot of the girls that came on the programme with me I was previously had good friendships and built good relationships with through the uni so I think it took a whole different kind of confidence to be able to tell people that you're on a good relationship with they're all on par we were all law students pretty much this time around we were all final year students because of how late we tried to bring it into the university. It was very hard to get it across to other networks. But I think where I'm going with this is that it took a lot of confidence to be able to tell people that I've got good relationships with what to do, basically, and to be able to be stern with them. Because there were times where, like, I had people had to have a push and we got there in the end, but it was a the confidence in approaching that situation, I think, and that's the biggest thing about leadership. You're going to have good relationships with people and bad ones. And so I think this has been a huge test for me on getting the balance with that. And it just became so rewarding in the end when we're organising all, all these students who are my friends that also have other priorities. And I am aware of this and want them to do well in their final year of the law degree. But it takes a lot of patience and the reward that I've got from seeing these girls who have taken part in the brigade and learning all these new lessons and you can just see and we've spoken so many times about the literal growth that this whole brigade has given us and it's we've made so many connections with the pair of you two and everyone across the Oxford Brigade and genuinely probably friends for a long time now and to see that they've gained so much just from this like little idea from hearing your podcast is obviously huge to me and it just makes it all that much more rewarding and worth it. What was my most eye-opening thing of the brigade? I think- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You can learn all about the refugee crisis. I'm doing speech marks, I know you can't see that, but it's what the gentleman who was from the Greek Council for Refugees said because i think there's a lot that we don't know and there's a lot that we couldn't have read beforehand but we found out firsthand and i think it was these things that really opened our eyes i didn't come in knowing a lot about human rights it wasn't even really something i wanted to go down but i have a strong passion for giving back to the community and this was the first legal charity i'd seen that does exactly that whilst building work experience but I've also I can engage in so many conversations about the refugee crisis as they like to call it and now I used to I used to be engaged with it a lot but I think now it's opened my eyes to the behind the scenes that we didn't even know and the brigade has brought all of this to life for me I think we had we had sessions and talks about the mistreatment of refugees and the pushbacks and how difficult it is to be seeking asylum in Greece, but to actually be able to see the environments that they work in when they do manage to get refugee status was incredible. And it just gives that whole other background to it. And I think a big thing for all of us was that we would sit and we'd play games with, we went to visit an unaccompanied minors shelter and many shelters and there'd be the refugees would be there playing Uno or playing cards, which we would just be previously doing ourselves. And it's amazing to think these sort of things that universally make everyone happy and they've had such hardship all of their life and have fought for so much, yet they also have these simple pleasures that we do. And I would said before about how when we were playing, there was a moment we were, Nina was playing the guitar and we were all singing and dancing in our shelter for unaccompanied minors. And we were all felt the same sort of happiness as these young refugees did. And it was just an incredible feeling that they, they were almost, they, they weren't even really aware of their hardships, but they were the most polite clever and kindest children and we could we got that just from we had there was a language barrier and we got that just from the way they presented themselves and I think it takes a lot to be able to show what an amazing person you are especially as a child just through the way that you carry yourself and I think for this to show for these that have gone through so much at such a young time it definitely opened mine and I think 
I can speak on behalf of all the girls from NTU that came on this brigade with me, just to not take anything for granted because they haven't and it really does. It wakes you up and makes you feel so grateful. And I think we learn a lot of things on this brigade. We learn how to present ourselves in cases and the depths of the human rights out there in Greece. But I think the biggest thing I learned from it was this and to just not take the privileges that we have for granted. For example, all of us came in our university groups and we didn't even consider the fact that university and the education that we have has come to us quite easily, which is something that they haven't and may not ever receive. And it just, it really does wake you up and make you a lot more grateful. What made me start a legal brigade? As you guys know, honestly, I listened to your podcast and this genuinely must sound like I'm lying now and like you paid me to say this, but I, it was the weirdest irony that it was your podcast that I listened to talking about global brigades and it ended up that we got to meet you guys and I was almost fangirling when I first met you because everybody who asked me, I would say about your podcast and that, that is the reason why I set it up. But I think it was this that drew me in as I previously spoke about is to be able to give back to communities, particularly under-resourced communities like those that we were with for the week, but also building up the legal experience. And this just felt like the perfect opportunity to do both. And on top of this, a big thing for me was to be able to provide my peers with this opportunity because at NTU, obviously we have it's a, an amazing law school. There is absolutely no shade on that. They really have helped us a lot. But I think we weren't very aware as students going through our first year in COVID-19 and it was all online. And our second year, I think, was hybrid, but a lot of it was online. We weren't able to enjoy and take advantage of the employment sector that we have within our uni. And we probably weren't even really aware of it at the time. And so we haven't really been able to build up our legal work experience. And we weren't even very aware of what a training contract was, to be honest. So obviously now we do, but it almost kind of felt like it came to us a bit late. And I didn't want that to be the case for first years that start at NTU and Nottingham Law School, because to get all of this early and to be able to become aware of training contracts and building a work experience for that is very important and it's something that I wish I'd done sooner so as much as I wanted to start this legal brigade to do good for under-resourced communities I also wanted to do it to do good for at home as well and first year students at Nottingham Chants University I think we realised from the brigades that obviously it's kind of two different worlds, Oxford and Nottingham Trent, but there was, it was like a beautiful irony with it because we all got along so well and we all were very much the same characters and it made, I think, me and the girls from Nottingham Trent, we all said that it made us more excited for working in legal workplace because we're not worried anymore about working around people from Oxford because we were all human and I think we all realised that and we all had different backgrounds but 
got along incredibly and like I said genuinely made friends for life so it was important for me that we I could try and give back and give first second years or anybody in Nottingham Law School the opportunities to be able to put themselves forward in training contracts and so that they don't feel like they are less than which by the way at no point we ever felt on this brigade you guys were amazing as I've said many a time but trying to avoid that for students at Nottingham Law School as well also had a big part of my decision on starting this up. Also doing, I'd done law with criminology, I didn't do a straight law degree so I didn't have a lot of chosen legal modules that I could explore what I wanted to go down and what area of law. I knew I wanted to go I think like commercial rather than criminal but I didn't have anything or a specialty and I kind of wanted to explore this. I it's always a question of when I say I want to be a lawyer, everybody asks what route I want to go down, and I didn't ever really have an answer, so I kind of had to explore myself for these different areas of law, and human rights did come up because it's something I'm passionate for besides the law, and to be able to blend the two was obviously a big thing, and I don't... I didn't have the opportunity to study, because of law with criminology, a human rights module. And honestly, I couldn't tell you whether Nottingham Trent University offers it um, as the straight law degree. It's probably best I check with one of the girls for that. But it's just a good way now, if they don't offer human rights, then it's a good opportunity to learn about it through extracurriculars. And and like I, I said previously, I know it's quite a cliche but I've always promised myself that no matter what line of work I go down I want to make a difference and give back to the community because I have I've had quite a privileged upbringing and I've realized that more so after this brigade how lucky I've been so to be able to make a difference for those who don't was my main motivation for setting up the brigade and for us bringing it into next, well, this academic year as well, I think we've become a lot more motivated to do so after this Global Brigade. So I can only thank them and I'm sure you both agree, they ran it incredibly and it's only made us want to do more and I think all of us came from it with that same mindset. So no regrets at all in all the work that I put in to set this up because I think it couldn't have gone more successful, even if I do say so myself. And a huge thank you for you girls because I feel we have learned a lot from each other as much as we have from the talks that we had. I think we've all learned a lot about ourselves from this experience and it's just really important to talk about. I think I've heard when you hear about Global Brigades, we don't hear this. And I don't think, I guess they don't really usually mix universities, but it was an incredible experience and I feel I've learned more from this than most things that I've got most experience that I've done so I would definitely recommend to anybody who is looking to build on their work experience while giving back to the community I couldn't think of a better way to do it. The next few clips are different volunteers who came on the Legal Empowerment Brigade to Greece and they talk about their experiences and they are both volunteers from the University of Oxford and Nottingham Trent University. For me, this brigade was a chance to finally have the opportunity to do something tangible about the range of issues facing refugees arriving in Europe. Where I live, there are a lot of asylum seekers and refugees from Afghanistan 
whom I'd supported indirectly before through clothing and food donations. But I'd never had the opportunity to marry my legal skills and interest in international human rights law with helping these communities. The devastating migrant boat shipwreck in Pilos had also occurred just before I discovered this volunteering initiative. And I think that event solidified my resolve to go out and actually do something. So once I came across Global Brigades, I immediately knew it was something I had to do to make myself better informed about the socio-political and legal refugee context in Greece, but most importantly, to help out wherever I could. My most special moment on this trip was delivering a human rights workshop to children at an unaccompanied minor shelter. It was so beautiful to see their youthful joy and capacity to still smile and play and dream big despite their unfortunate circumstances, which it's easy to think would dampen their spirits. The experience overall was a real reminder to me to stay faithful and keep doing whatever I can to make a difference to at least one person's life. Often I think you can become frustrated by the fact that you can't change the legal or political system overnight or find a panacea to remedy the unnecessarily hostile climate refugees and migrants find themselves in when arriving in certain European countries. This is something I raised with the director of the Greek Council for Refugees, and if there's one thing that shifted my perspective on this trip, it was his reply. He said that despite the feelings of helplessness and irritation that may crop up when working in this field, because as people passionate about doing good for others, we naturally want to fix what's broken in the world. What it is in the end that keeps you hopeful and energized in the fight is seeing the difference you make to one person's life at a time. After my experience at the shelter, and meeting other refugees who had been supported by global brigades, I can say that this outlook truly resonated with me. Overall, I learned so much on this trip and really hope to do something like this again in future. As an undergraduate law student coming into my second year, there was a lot of legal theory and content that I learned in class that I was quite eager to put to practical use in any way if I could. When the opportunity to be part of a legal empowerment brigade to Greece came up, I knew that this was something that I would definitely be interested in. The chance to work with unaccompanied minors, to learn more about the refugee crisis in Europe, and to do our part, no matter how small, in helping to resolve some of these issues was something that I felt appealed to me significantly because it would give me a chance to put what I had learned into practical use. Over the course of the trip, we engaged in a multitude of different activities, including but not limited to a debate on, a re on an ongoing refugee migrant issue, um, obviously working with the unaccompanied minors themselves at the shelters, and also meeting with non-government organizations and um, other bodies aimed at helping refugees in Greece to learn more about the situation and to propose plans and bounce ideas off one another. While all these activities contributed significantly to what was a fantastic experience for all of us, I have to say that for me personally, the most enjoyable and memorable part of the trip was definitely working with the children at the shelter. It was great to interact with these kids to find out about their hopes, their dreams, and their lives to date. Um, while we might have formed a really small part of their lives, given that we were only there for about a week, I feel that I personally learned so much from them, and I was glad to be able to do what I could in teaching them about their human rights and about, their f and about giving them some kind of idea of what they could expect from their future. I think the immediate thing that jumps out as most memorable is the visit to the shelter for unaccompanied minors, because I think it just really helps humanize all the discussions we'd been having up to that point we'd gone there to like give presentations on children's rights but i think what was more 
impactful was just being able to get to know the children and spend an afternoon with them like playing games and having some respite and just chatting to them and learning their stories we also got to visit a shelter for women and children and I think after a lot of the discussions we'd had about the mistreatment of refugees and asylum seekers it was just really encouraging and eye-opening to see a safe space being provided for them I think the biggest takeaway for me from the experience was how much it deepened and developed my understanding of the situation that is going on in Greece in relation to refugees and asylum seekers. I think I was really unaware of just how big of a problem there was over there. Um, I particularly found the opportunity um, to debate a recent case particularly useful in being able to expand my knowledge in this area. I think I was somewhat unaware of pushbacks um, I knew about them as a concept, but I didn't have the full picture. So it was really insightful being able to like work and understand and learn a case and then have to debate it, sort of moot about it, because uh, it really like pushed my knowledge. It was just so insightful learning about just how involved the Greek authorities seem to be in the treatment of the individuals being affected by it and how they are treated just because they're trying to reach safety. I feel like also learn a lot about the terminology that's used in relation to these sorts of issues like I wasn't really aware of sort of how misleading it can be to talk about a refugee crisis in, in this way when it's not really a problem that was ever sort of unprecedented or something that like, couldn't be foreseen. Thank you for listening to this episode about Globe Brigades we hope you found it insightful if you'd like to get involved in the charity please check our episode description and follow either the website or the sign up link. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.